Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. I hope your company is as sort of bleary eyed as mine is this morning after going to a friend's uh, for her birthday dinner. Uh, rule of six, two households. That's the new rule. And uh, we were allowed to take advantage of it. And uh, let's be honest, an awful lot of people uh, doing that last night legally for the first time. A lot of it has already been being done because anyone who thinks that an awful lot of people haven't been doing that over the last few months uh, is probably leading rather a sheltered life. Not endorsing it, just simply stating facts as we like to do on this show. Uh, but lots to talk about this morning, in particular this call for a global treaty to deal with pandemics. Something terribly grand uh, about this, but uh, will it actually make any difference to uh, anyone's lives or livelihoods? Well, uh, to join me for all the chat this morning is James Price. He's a former government advisor. He's now at Hanover Community Communications and he joins us now. Good morning to you, James. Good morning. Thanks uh, for having me. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Um, did you uh, take advantage of last night's uh, change in the rules? God, do I look that bad? I think it's as, as Dean Martin said that he doesn't trust people who don't drink because when they wake up in the morning, that's the best they're going to feel all day. <laughs> um, well, uh, let's uh, let's talk about. Um, I mean, there's lots to talk about in terms of the, the relaxation and where we go forward. But uh, overnight, it's emerged with an article in the Daily Telegraph today, and it's a, a joint article uh, written by Boris Johnson alongside the French President Emmanuel Macron and the German Chancellor Angela Merkel. Um, they, they call with a total of 24 world leaders, including Dr. Tedros of the World Health Organization, uh, and it, again, all writing in newspapers around the world, uh, calling for a new global settlement like that forged after the Second World War to protect countries in the wake of COVID. Uh, they, they want the virus pandemic uh, to um, be, have a, have, is end isolationism and nationalism in favour of a new era of solidarity amid growing international tension over vaccine supplies. And they want to protect countries in the wake of COVID. I mean, I mean, it's laugh out loud uh, irony, isn't it, that Angela Merkel and uh, Emmanuel Macron are two of the people who've signed this. What a lovely idea. I mean, maybe that because it is, it's been proven by Macron and Merkel, they can't be necessarily trusted themselves with their narrow nation state minded interests. Why don't they create some kind of international body across the whole continent that they give up all of their, their <laughs> citizens powers to that can control them? Something like the European Union could perhaps take all these powers. 
Yeah, I mean, again, <laughs> well, well, again, they don't seem to trust them. I mean, given that you know, UK leaving uh, the EU would lead to a, apparently a, a world you know war because apparently it's the EU that's uh, kept everyone from bombing each other and killing each other all this time. Uh, obviously, this is what they think. They don't trust themselves to on any issue whatsoever. It would appear. Um, I'm not certainly. I think there's certainly a, a strong argument for more cross-border cooperation on the basis that again, you know, this idea that you know no one's safe until everyone's safe. Well, you know, I mean, you can argue New Zealand. Australia would say, well, you know, if we can choose to stay isolated for the for till the end of time, then we'll be okay. But certainly not the choice I would make. But that's certainly a strong argument. But it seems to me if we're going to have international cooperation, could we have international cooperation to put pressure on China to stop uh, stop coming up with the, all these uh, all these viruses? I mean, I don't really care whether it comes from a a wet market or the Wuhan lab. And who are we kidding? World Health Organization has been lent on to say it wasn't the Wuhan lab. We'll be talking about that a little bit later in the show. Um, but I mean, it, I mean, it does it does matter in 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 geopolitical terms whether or not uh, uh, it was the Wuhan lab or, or it was just a wet market. But in practical terms, it doesn't really make any difference to us. But but if we're going to have international pressure, can we can we have some uh, reparations from China, please, for what they did to us? And can we have some punishment of China for failing to deal with this issue? Because they are they are the problem, and yet everyone just puts their head in the sand and just carries on as normal. Well, you've got it exactly right. However ghastly the French may have been and the way they've acted about the the AstraZeneca jab and the sort of the fake news that uh, Macron has been spreading and so on, if you can imagine some kind of virus coming out from, I don't know, snails or frog's legs or something like that, I can't imagine <laughs> France lying to international scientists, uh, covering it up and all the disgusting ways that the Chinese Communist Party acted. All this international cooperation stuff is all very well and good until you butt up against the fact that China is the greatest threat that the world faces to democracy to freedom, to prosperity, mm-hmm. frankly, to human life. And if, if they're not going to get together and work together on that, then all this stuff is just yeah. completely hot air. Also, if, if we're going to have an international treaty uh, on how to deal with pandemics, how about an international treaty that the West does not throw away more than a century of democratic, liberal values um, in in you know in the space of well one day uh, last March you know why why don't we actually have a have a treaty that says no matter what the threat is we will never take away the freedoms of people in free democratic countries to protest freedom of speech to 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 earn a living to to see their loved ones to to leave their country if they so wish um, I mean these are the that I would be much more encouraged if they did that uh, than some nonsense written for newspapers for to get a nice internationalist headline about, oh, we all need to work together. Well, we all know that the moment there's a PPE shortage, borders are closed. And the moment there's a vaccine shortage, uh, vaccines are, are export bans happen. So, I mean, let's stop the pretense that governments don't look after um, their own countries. But I would rather that governments pledge to protect the people who they claim to represent. Those are some very dangerous ideas there, Julia. You, you might find that a COVID marshal comes knocking on the yeah. studio door to, to take you the right way to think about these things. Um, but you're exactly right. And, and in a way, it does sort of prove some of the sort of Brexity arguments about things like the nation state, that these things don't quite go away. As you say, when the chips are down, the, the borders across Europe were being pulled up. Uh, the, the, the Canadian-American border that we were always told was, was you could never close again or anything like that. Suddenly that managed to be closed by yeah. lovely, cuddly, internationalist Trudeau. 
Um, so it does highlight some of these sorts of problems. But yet, you, you, I think you're right that we're in danger of learning all of the wrong lessons. Yes. And if we keep watching the way that China acts, you might get next time, hmm, well, the Chinese managed to weld people into their flats and kill them if they spoke out. Well, I'm not suggesting that we're going to go down that route, but it's definitely not a country that we should be looking to emulate in no. any way. Possible. Oh, except we are. We're, we're following them. Now, stop bashing your microphone because that's going to be annoying my listeners who, like me, have got a hangover this morning. Quite well deserved. I mean, genuinely, <laughs> if you haven't got a hangover this morning, I, I just think you're listening to the wrong show. I've got to be honest with you. Listen, stop fiddling with your microphone. I'm going to send someone round. I don't, not that anyone's legally allowed to go round, but you know what I mean. Um, let's uh, let's also talk about uh, Boris Johnson at press conference. First outing for the uh, new press room. £2.6 million of your and my hard-earned taxpayers' money went on this ridiculous room uh, having been built in the in the number 10 for this press conference where he had, of course, you know, his, his two minders, uh, Chris Whitty and Patrick Valance. Um, anyway, the Boris Johnson once again told us at the same time as he does you know, on one hand go out and have fun and but be cautious um i have to say i i i have to watch those press conferences it's you know it's i can't do my job and not watch the the prime minister give a half hour press conference but i i genuinely I, i'm gonna have to start sort of tying myself to the sofa so i don't just sort of you know throw things at the tv and, and shout at them when they're talking because it is so frustrating watching Frankly, the abject nonsense that comes out at these press conferences now. Well, and I'm not sure that the the two and a half million quid, as you say, of taxpayers' money is going to make it uh, that much better. Perhaps if there was a sort of interactive bit and we could vote one of them off halfway through, or there was Ooh. that wipeout bit of them jumping on the balls, that might make it a little bit more palatable. Um, but no, you're right, and I think part of the problem as well is that some of the questions that get asked by by some of your your colleagues in the oh. journalistic profession afterwards are still a year on these sorts of gotcha questions. You know, Prime Minister, do you feel really guilty about all the people oh. that died on your watch and all? that nonsense rather than you know, gently suggesting that we should have some of our liberties back at the very least. Well, I mean, there were, I was quite surprised there was actually a question. I mean, I from Beth Rigby at Sky News, you know, who had six months off work because of a, uh, you know, having having basically broken the COVID rules with the K Burley, uh, but asking about, you know, are you worried about people just, you know, breaking the rules and moving ahead? And I thought, oh, the irony. But BBC's Hugh Pym asked, I thought extraordinary, when there's, you know, there's epic questions where they're asking a question to Prime Minister and to everyone else on three different topics. But he asked Patrick Valance and, Pat- and Chris Whitty, have you given your approval to the next stage of easing on April the 12th? And I just thought, approval? I mean, they're not emperors. They're advisers. They don't have to give approval. They can advise what they think. But the idea that these unelected people, and I know they're eminent scientists. I'm not at any point questioning that. It's, it's the reason why I'm so angry with them is I know they know what they're doing is wrong and is against all guidance on how to deal with the pandemic. That's what makes me so cross. Um, but they, but the idea that they sort of bestow their approval and then the prime minister is allowed to act. But but there is a truth in that, isn't there? That actually Boris Johnson cannot do anything by way of easing lockdown that goes against what Sage and Witty and Valance say, because they basically are holding him hostage right now. And we're 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 you know this you've got a load of adverts telling everyone to be terrified all the time. Half the country are still absolutely petrified of even like you know looking at someone within two meters and and thinking they're going to die. I mean, people have an absolute lack of understanding of what the real risks of this virus are. And I take the virus the virus very seriously indeed. 
indeed. Um, uh, but 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 they're, they're, people are so terrified that the polling and the and the scientists are leading public policy on this. And, and I don't think Boris Johnson believes a single word that he says at these press conferences, talking about the caution of that. That is not at all how he's lived his life. That's not at all how he's ever written in his long career as a journalist or how he's ever voted in Parliament on any issue. I, and he, I just know for I know that he does not believe what he's saying, but but he's basically taken hostage by these by the by the the, the, the science quangos. Well, this is the I think part of the problem that back in 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 the start of last year when we really didn't know what was going on, and the Chinese again were just not sharing any of the data that was going on. So the best thing we had to work on was people will remember Professor Neil Ferguson and his model that came out, not the model that he was um, cheating on his wife with, but the the statistical <laughs> model, um, and that was saying that you know we're going to get half a million people die in the first couple of months, and and I was sat in government working out what you what do you do with half a million dead bodies? Hopefully people are not are not um, eating their breakfast just yet um, and all these sorts of things and people were petrified and yeah, so it was absolutely. fairly sensible to scare everybody into taking it seriously because I remember people not taking it seriously saying it would just be like the flu to start yeah. with and it could have been absolutely dreadful and now exactly as you say I think that the, the people at the members of SAGE are slightly able to hold ministers to ransom because if they threaten to leak or to, to quit or something like that mm. it will undermine the idea that we are quote working with the science as if the science was sort of an edifice rather than, yeah. of course, a process, which it actually is. Yeah, absolutely. And as new information emerges, changing that view. Uh, well, we, we were told by the prime minister last night that we that there is no reason for us to sort of divert from uh, the, the the lockdown plan uh, at the current time. Uh, he's hopeful this will be the final lockdown. That's as far as he'll go. I don't see anything in data right now that would cause us to deviate. We've got to remain humble in the face of nature. We've got to be prepared to do whatever it takes to protect the British public. That's the bit that terrifies me. We've got to do, be prepared to do whatever it takes to protect the British public. But what he means is from COVID. I mean, and, and, and actually whatever it takes to protect the British public actually would mean accepting the fact that we, we are not necessarily going to save every life from COVID. I think we have moved into a zero COVID policy without it ever being announced. Yeah, and, and I think, of course, Chris Whitty has said that it's sort of almost impossible to be able to do that. And it's in a way not really sort of entirely desirable, because, as you say, that means the detriment of people's mental health, of the economy, of all these other sorts of things. And, and of course, it's a stupid sort of Corbyn Easter idea to suggest that um, you pick either sort of the NHS and people's health or the economy, because if if we keep borrowing as much as we are, if the economy is shrinking as much as it is, so on and so forth, that then has a material impact on things like the NHS, on people's schooling, because it means a lot fewer resources that we can spend on cancer treatments, on getting the next generation educated and ready to face the world, to face the actual real problems out there, as we've mentioned, like China, and so on. And, and I think that that kind of balancing, which is exactly what politics is supposed to be, balancing competing interests, has been skewed massively in favour of just one policy, yep. which is to deal with COVID, to the detriment of our liberties and so much more. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.